Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. Come on, get, get, get ready, bitches. I have uh, Jay Edelson, Casey. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really excited. Um, Jay Edelson is kind of, um, you know, a personal uh, hero of mine just <laughs> because uh, he kind of did something I think that, uh, you know, the California bar 20 years later didn't do, which is to <laughs> call out um, Tom Girardi and, and uh, you know, in, in terms of, of, what he was managing, which was uh, his victims that he was representing and legal fees and stuff, he was able to call it out and get attention to it, which then triggered a lot of stuff uh, that, you know, has been good in, uh, in kind of uh, dismantling um, some of the wrongdoing that Tom Jardy was doing. So I think um, I'm super excited to talk to uh, Jay Edelson of Edelson. Hey, Jay, what's your law firm? Like, how do I say your law firm name? Oh, I, it's just Edelson. That's it's. Uh, it's just like I, I, I don't say like Edelson Law Firm. I just say Edelson. No, Edel, yeah, I have a very limited memory, so the only way I could follow what my law firm name was if I connected it to my last name. <laughs> so it, it, it unfortunately is Edelson, and the uh, the people working here have to live with that. <laughs> I, I actually love it because like I have a really bad memory also with names. <laughs> so Edelson, I was like, great, there's nothing else. I love it. But, you know, before we get started on, obviously, uh, the I have this, such an exciting show uh, planned today. But before we get sa- started, I, I was so impressed when I looked into you. Uh, I didn't know you were a privacy advocate in technology, like with the iPhone and you know, uh, Facebook facial recognition and TikTok. That's like incredible. Yeah, you've done your homework. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, our firm is focused on a lot of consumer rights issues. We've done a lot of privacy work um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing it for two decades. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you're, and you are from Boston, right? Oh my goodness. What is this? <laughs> I've never, I've never done an interview where someone's actually done research. I'm from uh, Newton South High School. Um, the 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 reason I mention that is that my classmate is Eli Roth. Uh, Eli is a uh, a famous director, and my life goal is to try to, um, in some way, beat out Eli professionally. He's a very nice guy. He's he's the one who's done. He did Cabin Fever, and he's done um, he's done a bunch of horror movies. He's very successful, but uh, although I like him, I'm, I'm competing with him. Yeah, you're trying to give him a run for his money. I am. He's winning though. He was he was in Inglorious Bastards. Oh um, wow! And I don't I don't think there's any way you can beat that when you say I was in a movie with Brad Pitt. I think you're kind of the Brad Pitt of the tech space, though. Just to say, Jay, <laughs> like that's that's very overly generous. <laughs> I was reading all about your, uh, you know, how you've shaken up like the biggest tech companies in the world. And and I just was like, okay, like, n- I don't even think anyone knows <laughs> this about you, but it's amazing. Um, 
Well, I also am from Boston. So, I mean, I was born in Connecticut, but I was raised in Boston. So I really dug learning that about you. Well, we're, we're in Boston. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm from um, Haverhill Hill, Andover, Methuen area. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, not really nice, but it was okay. But <laughs> it was like, you know, it was fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, but I, I'm from that, like, you know, salt of the earth type vibe, the Boston thing. And, you know, I was uh, looking into your favorite movie and it's Goodwill Hunting, which is also my favorite movie. So I, <laughs> these are like things out of the blue. I was like, you know, I think I have some things in common with Jay. That's cool. Apparently. How, how do you survive? Uh... LA that's uh it's so it's like the exact opposite of Boston well a lot of people um go from Boston to LA and become performers this might surprise you but uh secretly most Bostonian people want to act and be performers okay <laughs> probably you actually you want to be you're competing with your director friends so see I'm, and oh, wait oh no 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 I've got to push back on that I'm not competing with them in that world uh, the, I am the, I'm, I would be the worst actor on earth. Um, my, our, our chief of staff is looking at me and is nodding approvingly. No, I'm not competing with Eli in terms of, um, of anything like that. Uh, he wins. <laughs> well, yeah. So it is hard in LA. I think, um, when you first get there from Boston, because you're not used to all the, you know, the hoopla and the showiness. Um, you know, certainly in Boston, people aren't, you know, riding around in Lamborghinis generally and stuff like that. It's more conservative, but, um, but yeah, so it was really interesting to me. I found a lot of people in Boston, um, went to LA. I don't know why that is. So I was just another one, I guess. <laughs> but it's a different world and kind of that, that brings us to, to the Tom Girardi mess. It Where? does. It does. And I was uh, going to ask you or start off by asking you, what did you, you know, I call it the Aaron Brockovich moment because I think that's a kind of interesting way of saying it. Um, but when did you have the, or when did the firm have that sort of Aaron Brockovich moment that something was wrong with what uh, Tom Girardi was saying, you know, that it's as, as it's kind of depicted in the original complaint that you did in December 2nd of, uh, or I think it was December 2nd of 2020. Um, I noticed that, you know, you, you had set it all out, but I was wondering what was the trigger event, if you can share that. Yeah, the, the Oprah aha moment was actually when Erica filed for divorce. So, you know, this, this, makes less sense now that we know everything about Tom and his finances. But at the time, I understood, just like most people, that Tom was this uber successful plaintiff's attorney who had made hundreds of millions of dollars. The idea that he was stealing money from, uh, from plane crash victims just didn't make any sense at all. So we definitely were communicating with him on a you know nearly daily basis. But what I thought is he was just trying to uh, not pay us the fees we were owed, uh, with, which is fine. That actually happens a lot in the plaintiff's bar and, um, and isn't that big a deal. You know, we, we work it out at the end of the day. It did not occur to me that he would actually be stealing from literally widows and orphans. When Erica filed the divorce for the divorce, I went, oh no, we're in a lot of trouble. 
because my take based on knowing Tom and knowing about Erica is that the relationship was fairly transactional um, and that when the money left, um, Erica was gonna find greener pastures too. So when she filed for divorce, we actually huddled up as a firm and said, this is bad. Tom probably is in really bad financial trouble. Uh, and is it possible, which we did not think you know, could really be true, but is it possible that he's actually stealing money from clients? Uh, and unfortunately it turned out that it, that it was true and that it's been true for many, many years. This is kind of how he's practiced law. He's just uh, you know, an awful, awful person. Well, I was wondering, like, did he ever give you guys excuses that you could share? Like, because I've heard many of the voicemails and I was just curious if you ever got a phone call from him where he was like, yeah, you know, I don't know what he would say, but. <laughs> the number of excuses from him and his partners, um, it's just silly. So Tom, I, I don't, I don't know if you, have you met Tom personally? No, I haven't. He's, he's a guy who views himself as being super charming. Um, and then he has another side too, which, which is uh, very vindictive. And so he'll play one of the two things depending on, on the moment. Um, what he did with us was he had a lot of excuses. A lot of it had to do with his own health issues. Um, and that, you know, because we're, we're stupid and we're suckers, we actually, you know, believe that. And I, it may be true, but, um, I didn't realize that he was just trying to put us off as he was stealing money. But, you know, when someone says I've got a serious health issue and I'm dealing with that, we tend to give someone some leeway. So that was one of the arguments. And then everything else was, was a mishmash of just a lot of different arguments. We did pay the clients or we didn't pay the clients, but you know, we haven't gotten the money yet and you know, blah, blah, blah. And none of the, none of their uh, reasoning made a lot of sense. Um, and you know, the, kind of that's how it went. Did you, uh, now I, I understood that you were maybe looking to find, uh, you know, or, or I don't know if you're taking another litigation or something, but uh, a friend of mine had said that maybe you were looking to just get the word out to that you might be wanting to talk to some victims. If there's anyone out there that feels like they want to talk, I don't know if that's something you want to say or. All of our work on this case has been pro bono. Our view is that the, that the clients were really mistreated. It is such a horrible thing when you think about it, which is, you know, an awful plane crash where you have widows and orphans who, uh, who lost their, generally their kind of financial provider. And it was mostly um, like dads who died. It was uh, people going to a specific conference actually in the, in the legal industry. Um, and they were totally devastated. And the fact that, you know, we got them, you know, I worked on this case alongside with Tom and his firm and we got them really good settlements. It was never gonna do anything to, to kind of do justice, you know, losing a, a father or a husband, um, there's no way you can make up for it, but you know, they were gonna be financially set for life, uh, which at least does something. And the fact that Tom took their money was really the worst thing I've encountered in law. So what we decided was we were gonna be very committed to this case, uh, but we weren't gonna take money from any of the victims. Um, so if there are other people, and we've heard so many stories, uh, not just with regard to this plane crash, but with regard to cases over the last 10 years, burn victims and 
just awful, awful tragedies where uh, Tom clearly misappropriated money. And, uh, and, you know, this is kind of a mission for the firm. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, that's um, because I do have some victims that um, follow me and uh, I've talked to, if they wanted to reach out to you just maybe to have a chat, how would they go about doing that? Or how would you like them to do that? Yeah, they can just reach out to me on email or call me. My email is the letter J, then my last name, Edelson, E-D-E-L-S-O-N, at edelson.com. Uh, or you can just do a Google search for J. Edelson, and I think I'm the first hit. And, um, and yeah, we're happy to help people. We, are, we will not take any money from people for this. Uh, this is such a black mark on the plaintiff's bar. You know, we're, we've, we've been doing plaintiff's work for two decades, and um, it's just so insane to us that an attorney of Tom's um, kind of level would, would steal money from clients, uh, that we're just trying to do whatever we can to make this right. Well, and there are some victims that are genuinely um, afraid of retaliation. And, you know, um, I'd say my first initial reaction to that was like, wow, are these people maybe overly paranoid? But then when I read the article in the Los Angeles Times, which I'm sure you read as well, um, Vegas parties, celebrities and boozy lunches, how legal titan Tom Girardi seduced the state bar, it becomes pretty clear that, you know, they're not, that isn't an outlandish thought that there could be retaliation only because, you know, for 20 years, somehow the California Bar Association, you know, had people that he was intimately involved with working there and protecting him. At least that's what the article, um, you know, uh, lays out. Yeah. So, and so it, it is crazy that he had his license for so long. And, um, he had his license even, even in California after we got, we got a judgment from a court in Chicago saying that essentially he'd stolen money. He admitted on the record that he stole millions of dollars from clients. He still had his license. He didn't actually lose his license until after the LA Times article came out. And then immediately the bar jumped on and said, yeah, we're suspending him. So that's well, they, and they didn't even do it right because I looked at it really closely and the way that they did it, they did it on the basis that he was mentally incapacitated, not as a punishment for him. Like not that he did something wrong, but that he had said that he was mentally not sound. So therefore they used like, you know, when you look at the bar, they have like a, like a, a description at the end of what each thing means on the suspension wording that they used. And so when you look at it carefully, it, it wasn't like a disciplinary. <laughs> yeah. So uh, look, after this podcast, we're going to offer you a job at the firm because you're <laughs> paying a ton of attention to the, the legal aspects of it. But yes, it. so I'm in my career, I've, I've had a lot of large cases. I've never seen someone on the record admit that they misappropriated money from, from clients. Um, and the fact that the bar didn't move right away and say, this guy's gone is fairly incredible. Um, in terms of your point about, you know, whether there's going to be retaliation, um, yes, we've heard that. We've spoken to so many uh, people who are scared of that. And, and I understand their fear because Tom has, uh, has made a lot of threats against people. He's mo mostly threatens the lawyers. And he says, if you do anything to go after me, you're never going to practice in California again. What, what your listeners may not understand, because I, under, I know that most people 
listening to your podcast probably view him as Erica Jane's husband. Um, but he he really was probably the most powerful attorney in California at the time. And so when he said, you're not gonna be able to practice in California, that actually scared a lot of people. And he sent that message to us too. He, the, the message was really clear. If you go after me, your career is gonna be in jeopardy. Um, we just have a different kind of viewpoint, which is, you know, honestly, go fuck yourself. You stole yes. money from widows and orphans. Uh, you know, you want to threaten us, you're going to jail. So we, we don't care. In terms of, of clients out there, I can tell you um, that he's, the, this, this is, you know, uh, a junkyard dog that's lost his teeth. He can bark and bark and bark, but um, he's not retaliating against anyone. Um, his goal is to try to avoid a jail sentence and um, and we're trying to get all the facts out because because this was not limited to this case. The idea well, that I, I have just... some fun, juicy stuff for you too soon. OK, <laughs> are you, are you going to share it now? This is dishing the dirt <laughs> for the full scoop. Head to our Patreon page. Click the coin icon on your player to check it out. It's not like we can't afford it.